Hey everyone, welcome back to the last episode of season two of the Creating More podcast. This season we have been discussing creating more art. I am your host, Molly Steen, and we have our amazing co-host, Susan Steen. Today's conversation is just Susan and me doing a season recap about what we learned during these episodes by having these conversations, but also through our own personal journeys and our own personal learnings and readings and everything that we've been exploring about creativity and play and art and ourselves, which is some of our favorite things. We are so grateful for all of our amazing guests that we had on each episode this season. I feel like we explored so many different mediums and so many different life philosophies that I have taken with me after these conversations I've really sat with and explored within myself. I hope you guys have also found value in listening to these conversations and we really appreciate you guys listening and hope that some of these ideas you can carry into the rest of your life and maybe even continue some of these conversations with some of your friends and family. So thank you guys so much for listening. Here is another hour or so of me and Susan talking about art and everything that we got out of the season. Well, hey, Susan. Hey, Molly. Welcome to our last episode of Creating More Podcast for season two. Creating More Art. Yes. I have loved this season. It's been a journey, you know, exploring all these different topics and talking with all the different people. And I was actually talking to Katie Beth yesterday and she told me she listened to Ethan's episode and she was like, I was blown away. She's like, I had no idea. And I was like, I had no idea. You know, know. that story. That shocked us. That came out of him. And I think that's been the best part about having all these guests. It's like some of them I knew some of their stories and their background and their history and some of them I had no idea and so it was really cool to see the evolution of these conversations and everybody's art so and and such I think what I loved the most too because I loved a lot of things was um the variety of art you know I'd never met a sculptor before or I not that I knew of you know not somebody who like did that for a living and had been to Italy and studied. I'm just like, wow, that was fascinating. And I didn't know that climbing holds were art. I mean, so it really, I loved everything about the season. I really did. And I think that was the point of it, is that so many different things can be art. And that's what I wanted to explore this season about that creativity that I think all of us have even if we don't view ourselves as artists or as creatives, I feel like that creativity is what gives us our human spark and our imagination and our ability to adapt and overcome any challenge in life. Boy, that is so true. I uh, called my nanny yesterday. Oh, good. It was her birthday. And so I was telling her about how Carol said, you know, nanny, my grandmother, was always really good at making clothing and sewing and making everything look beautiful and then how pop you know was able to create anything or fix anything but it wouldn't look very good and she even said she was like well I think everybody has something like that in them and I was like yes nanny that's exactly the point (laughs) 
And so I thought that was cool that she recognized that too. Like we all have those different gifts within us. um, And it's like how we can use them and everybody has something different, but it all still like adds value back into other people's lives and into our own life too. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that she, has she heard it? No, I, yeah, I didn't really even tell her that we did the podcast because I didn't know she would listen yeah. to it. But, you know, if she did, cool. But I just wanted to... Or if to... she would really understand yeah. what we meant. Yeah. Because but... because my mother <laughs> has... Yeah, that is a foreign... Podcasting is a foreign concept. I mean, it's like talk radio, you know? Yeah. It's all coming full circle. <laughs> actually. But um, I think one of the things in our reflection for this season that I've been thinking about a lot is... I do believe everybody has a unique thing that they bring to the table, whether it's how they make food or how they solve problems or their mathematical skills or, you know, engineering. I think all of it can be creative and it doesn't have to be like left brain, right brain, painting or sculpting pieces of art, but it can just be some unique talent that they can like give back to the world that also helps foster yes their souls and uplifts them and i think that we did a really good job with the different guests of of recognizing what art is and and that it's not as limited as i think maybe even we thought going into it which is good for us you know that we've expanded our are thinking. Did you have any specific aha moments that you remember from any of the episodes? Oh, wow. <laughs> All of them? All of them. I was so blown away by, like, Katie Beth. I mean, I'll just start at the, well, of course, I could start with you because you are a phenomenal creative person. And, and so to hear you talk about what you love and what excites you is, you know, it's like it just, it's like watching you kind of blossom. And I think that's kind of how I felt with each person because most people came in saying, well, I don't really know about doing a podcast. And um, in fact, you know, Molly, the other Molly, it was so, she was so sure she was going to be too quiet and not have enough to say. And, and she had so much and so much depth. And I think that was what I felt about everybody and as far as aha moments, I mean, I just had so many that I, I think, I think the one that got me the most probably was Ethan, um, when he talked about his, uh, about suicide, and it, because I do think that creatives tend to have, um, that deeper emotional something that sometimes comes has dark moments and I loved well number one I, I hated how sad I felt but I loved hearing how he came through it and I mean everything about his story gosh okay that was an aha was when he and I know because at the time I was like oh my god you are so lucky but was to be raised by people who really encouraged his art Mm -hmm. and and that's what I think I would love to come away to share with young couples when they're having children is that 
is such a huge gift to give your child that a lot of us don't realize until later. And I mean, I did for the kids for sure, but it wasn't an intentional. It was just like, I want to let them make a mess and I want to, but I didn't think about it in terms of, well, they need to have that creative outlet or, you know, so I think that there's hearing his childhood that was so, I was just blown away by how encouraging his family was um, and all the way through. Yeah. I'm going to reference this book a lot through this episode, but I read this book called Inspired by Matt Richtel, or Richel, I can't remember the exact pronunciation. Yeah. Um, and I read it after we recorded most of these episodes, and I you know quoted it on that opening episode with you, but it really dove into all the topics that we've talked about throughout this whole season, which made me feel really validated of like, okay, That's we're good. onto something. You know, there was actually like a, a book about creativity and all these things that we're exploring. <laughs> um, but one of the things that it. it talks about is in, like as a child, um, we're really creative and we have like a really big imagination, but somewhere along the way, just like you said during my podcast, talking about that song. Um, the Harry Chapin song. Yeah, the Harry Chapin song. Um, that as we're growing up as children, at some point, it's usually around fourth grade is what he talks about in Inspired. Okay. It's called like the fourth grade slump where our imagination starts getting smaller and more closed off because we become more self-conscious of what oh. other people are thinking of us. And we're worried about like, you know, at one point we have these crazy ideas and we throw them out there, but then somebody could be like, well, that's weird or that's silly or like, that's not cool. Oh, yeah. And so we start hearing this messaging from other people and we end up like wanting to conform to what other people are going to accept of us. And instead of, like, letting our imagination, you know, fuel our creativity, we become, we put ourselves in these boxes in order to fit in with other people around us. Wow. That makes sense. I think that's what was interesting of, like, hearing other people's experience of, like, who had that support growing up, which I think a lot of people did. And a lot of people did have, like, parents who, like, helped cultivate that and give them, like, that creative outlet. And some of the guests, like, didn't in a way and so I thought that was interesting to see how that like evolved into their creative practice now and how they view themselves and creativity Mm -hmm. from like how they were raised and the messaging with it too oh I love that and I well I'm anxious to read the book um that's interesting though and and I see where that if you don't have people around you who are encouraging that then you definitely are going to go into that slump um, you know, that self-conscious awareness. Um, I was trying to think when you said that, like who, you know, Katie Beth had, um, people around her. I remember, um, Abigail definitely, you know, how journaling became a part of when her parents divorced, you know, that was, well, that was a good one too, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? Yes. Oh, and then Lib. You know, um, making random crafts and peacock yes, Halloween costumes. Oh yeah. Gosh. <laughs> so she totally did. Yeah. Was there anybody who didn't? Now that I'm looking back, um, Haley, her father was a farmer, so I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's just interesting to see like how much how we were raised can impact where we're at today. But then I also think on the flip side of that, being like aware of how we were raised too and that influence, we can kind of choose to go a different direction. So we can choose to either accept what people say. Like I remember talking to a friend and she was saying, she's like, wow, you know, like I can never do what you do. Like I'm just too worried about what other people think about me or like not doing a good job like instantly. And so it talks about this and inspired um, the number one enemy of creativity is perfection. And so thinking that you have to be like perfect right off the bat and like not giving yourself that grace to be messy and to learn and to grow. And I loved Carol's uh, art series that she's working on about learning and like learning is failing. And that's part of the process of making mistakes and not getting it right and figuring out what works well and what doesn't work well. But we're so afraid a failure that we just don't even begin or don't even put ourselves out there. And so I guess my question is, or like my advice would be like, how can we get people to be less afraid of what other people think and Mm -hmm. to really just, I don't know, trust the mystery of the moment, as Aubrey would say, and really explore. I don't know the answer to that, but I think that that's, I think you're right, that that's what we want to encourage people to do because... Gosh, just think of what a happier world it would be if if we weren't so concerned about... Well, I think about Abigail dressing like she did and how that caught your attention. Yeah. You know, um, that was healthy mm-hmm. um, until she realized that maybe it wasn't anymore as <laughs> she yeah. got older. Yeah, but at that point, it was really healthy. And so I don't know how we foster that. Yeah. Um, certainly as parents you could foster that but the rest of us have to be able to do that when we come across people to maybe and so maybe that's where we can each intentionally celebrate somebody who we see is kind of quirky or is doing something that you know would probably make somebody self-conscious is just to say hey I see you and that is so cool that you're doing that yeah yeah, I mean, how would that make you feel? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I agree with that for sure of finding that acceptance um, and that, like, permission from other people. But I guess, like, an idea I've been grappling with, like, over the last few weeks about this is through all my, like, yoga teacher training and reading the Gita and, like, the yamas and niyamas, like, our, you know, self-worth and our, like, sense of self, like, comes from within. And so, like, everything we're experiencing is happening within our minds, and we can create that experience that, in the world that we're having, based off of how we're thinking about things. But, at the same time, like, I also feel like we need it from external things. I think we do. You know? So, I'm like, does it come internally or externally? Like, I think it's a little bit of both. But I guess where I'm landing with it, it's like, how we treat other people and create enough space for them to feel accepted is a reflection of how we feel about ourselves internally. And so like if we Mm -hmm. don't have that like sense of like safety and belonging within our own selves, like we're not going to be able to create that sense of acceptance for others as well. That's a really good, that's a great point. And on that note, um, several years ago, I started an article about validation, and because I felt like you know people need that, 
and I was sharing it with a friend and and at the time she said oh I disagree you know it has to, people I, I just feel it in in me and and so I kind of I put it aside and about I don't know maybe even a year later we were talking and something came out about somebody needing to feel validated and I said well wait that was exactly it. and so she did she re- we revisited it and she said you know you're right we really do and so I think there's a part of us that wants to feel like we can we can be our own voice we're, we're enough for us yeah but I think the human you know when we go back into the whole even the first season you know the whole evolution of humans we've needed each other and part of needing each other is is needing words of um, affirmation and validation so yeah that's yeah I feel like it's a chicken or the egg situation like which one comes first it's like do you find that validation within first and like focus internally or do you receive it from external sources and then you find it within yeah I don't know so I don't really have the answer to that but it's something I've been yeah contemplating a lot that's a great I mean that's a really good thing for us to kind of hang with yeah I think personally for me though like especially through high school I didn't want to look like everybody else because everybody else was very cookie cutter and like blending in I was like that seems like boring everybody just wants to be the same person and there's no like uniqueness or like authenticity behind it and so I don't know what it was that was triggered in my mind that was like no like I'm not gonna wear jeans and a t-shirt I'm gonna wear this weird stuff I found from Goodwill and just express myself in different ways but I think that's how you're wired yeah and where you didn't need which is why you were able to start creating art like you did because you didn't something in you you for you it was that was the the chicken first there <laughs> that it was in you and so then when other people appreciated what you had to offer i think that that fed you and encouraged you but i think for you now that for me would not be the same i would need anybody to say you, you, you did great with that and then I'm like oh okay yes I'm, I'm on the right track and so I just think that that's I guess that's what I'm curious about you know like where it comes from within each of us and yeah. like why it's different in each of us but I guess my whole mission with art and life is to help other people find that within themselves because it's so empowering and liberating to not that you don't need other people but to be like free of the judgment and fear of what other people think about you and I think most of it is coming back to that like radical self-love within yourself that the world has stripped us of in so many different ways whether through you know social media or capitalism or all these different aspects of society telling us that we're not good enough which I think is utter bullshit and I think everybody is good enough inside but they just have to like find that within themselves first and, and then they'll be able to find it within other people too. And you can't do that for somebody. No. You yeah. just can't. Even though I think you can for me, really you can't. I have yeah. to believe enough in myself. So maybe it is <clears throat> always internally first. Maybe it is. Yeah. Because I, I, I agree with that. Um, well, I liked this, this uh, quote. I think Abigail said this. Our art has the meaning 
we had in creating and another meaning for the person seeing and <clears throat> which kind of goes for me to what you're saying that whatever your art or my my writing whatever um means to us in what we're creating isn't necessarily what somebody else is going to receive but that doesn't make it less valuable mm-hmm. and and that was a I really loved hearing that because sometimes I need to be reminded, and I think we all do, um, whatever we're creating, that we do it for us. Mm-hmm. And and then it's such a treat to see what somebody else gets out of it. And it's just that, and you've talked about this before, yeah. that, wow, that wasn't at all what I was, you know, I, I love that they loved this, yeah. whatever it was. And I think Carol was a really good example of that with her art, where she had a lot of intention behind why she was creating something, but then how we were viewing it before we knew why was completely different. And I mean, it does change things of like the why behind it, but sometimes it's interesting to just leave it into the eye of the beholder to figure it out, how they feel about it, which is is super interesting. And that was a great interview. I know that was our most recent one, so it's the freshest. Gosh, that was so good. Well, coming back to Abigail too, I loved her episode. Because I feel like she touched on a lot of things that I have already been thinking about, like mainly the operating from a place of abundance, of feeling like the universe will provide for her without having to sell out or fit in this mold or fit in these boxes. Like she can just be her most authentic self and found her voice and was like believed in her voice. And I guess that does come back to that intrinsic part of believing in ourselves and finding that like self-love. I think I've noticed it in a lot of people, especially when people get competitive or acting like there's not enough room for everybody at the table. Like it's from that scarcity mindset of like, oh, if I don't push them down, I'm not going to get my needs met. And I think that's just kind of how we're operating as a society in general too with, you know, billionaires and all these people exploiting workers. And we've talked about that a lot on some other (laughs) topics, but I just don't understand that mindset like at all and that I'm trying to understand it because I'm like why are we here and like why do people operate from that perspective when it can be so harmful to so many people and harmful to the person operating within that mindset yes well yeah yeah and I have my brain is going a lot sorry I'm just throwing a lot at you no because (laughs) because there was an incident and I don't really want to it just that happened yesterday in a ball game and and it is all about how how people operate, and in this case, it was women, and and th- those were all the things I thought, and it's like really upset me. And so I sat here this morning. I thought, you know, I'm just gonna get into my creative thing, and whatever happens to the world happens because sometimes you just start to feel like. Well, this is just what we have, and maybe this is just where we're meant to be, and and maybe things are never going to be different than they are. But I feel like that is the opposite of creativity, and that it talks about this so much and inspired. Everybody should read it. It I'll literally read talks it. about all of this, but just how people are afraid of creativity because creativity means change. 
and it means we're going to change how we've been operating for a really long time. And so people would rather stay in their comfortable, safe right. boxes of how, you know, either society or they, their personalities have been operating because it's safe and comfortable. But it's like, how do we challenge people to like look beyond that and challenge these like preconceived notions and... Yeah, does that make sense? It does. So you're challenging me right now. <laughs> so thanks a lot. And so that was one of the things I think um, Abigail mentioned as we go through here. Bravery and curiosity are necessary. Mm-hmm. And um, because we we're talking about play. Yeah. You know, we've <clears throat> we have referred a lot to Huberman's podcast on play, and that mm-hmm. was so good. Um and so, yeah, I, and I, I get what you're saying, and I know I'll get back to feeling that. It was just such a shutting down kind of moment of, you know, being told I was wrong about how it made me feel. And, you know, and, and some of us are over here working so hard to, to get people to push back and to speak out and... um. And so you're right, probably what I saw and, and learned was probably actually more along those lines. It just felt like it was pushing people away from what we're working so hard to create for, mm-hmm. especially for women. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm so sensitive to anything that is going to detract. And so I have to work through that for sure. Yeah. But you're right. Um, that's part of the creativity, and and for a ball player, that is their art. Is is what they're doing out there on the court. Um, you know, and that's where also generations behave differently and yeah. and see things differently. And so there's a whole process of just like internalized sexism. Almost. Yeah, and yeah. kind of picking up on what you're saying without like knowing all the context of it. But just, I do think generationally and historically, like, women have pitted each other against each other. Uh, like, well, I'm going to push you down so, like, I can And that was how I felt. Yeah. where I want to be. And I guess that's what I'm trying to challenge in my generation and with my friends. Of, like, actually, no, there's a room for all of us. And yes. I don't need to be the center of attention to feel, like, worthy of myself. Like, I think we can all take up this space together and yeah. then we're more empowered and we have, you know, a greater time because we're all doing this together instead of me trying to be at the top of something. But I do, I mean, I get that because I mean, I've experienced that with women too. And I think it is a generational thing, maybe because it's like just going out on a tangent here, but to compete for like men's attention because we've been dependent on men for so long. You know, we couldn't even have our own bank accounts until right. the 1970s. We've, like, literally been dependent on men for ever and ever. And so we've had to use that against yeah. each other in yeah. a way. So I get yeah. that. But I think now that we have a little bit more independence, it's easier for my generation to recognize, like, no, like, there is enough room for all of us, so we can't take up space. I hope so. Yeah. I sure hope so. And there, you know, and that's, I think... The thing, really, if you look at um, this season, <clears throat> we had all different kinds of artists. And there was room for, there's room in the creative world for all of these different arts. Um, and that was so beautiful 
to whether, you know, even having Caleb and Ethan, you know, not all women, um, <clears throat> to sometimes we just get so locked into, well, it might be threatening to, to what I'm doing if I, if I applaud that person. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what we've managed to do this season is to remind people that it's, it's really just makes the world a better place when we welcome everybody. Yeah. So personally, I feel I feed off of other people's mm-hmm. energy. And when they're their best selves, I feel like I can be my best self. And I feel like I'm not winning until we're all winning. Like, that's just my perspective right. on it. And so it's like if we can all do the things that we love and celebrate each other, then that just, like, feeds my creative energy and just makes me inspired. Yes. And I feel like there's a lot of room for collaboration and growth and new ideas and we're all thriving instead of like trying to stifle people down. Yes. Yes. I love, um, one of the things you said, um, I think when we were interviewing Aubrey was you said a lot of magic can happen when you open yourself up. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to cry for some reason. <laughs> I, I just love that because that's so scary. Mm-hmm. The opening up. Yes. Like even sharing out. It's like I'm very teary this yeah. morning. But um, it is scary to open yourself up. It is because a lot of times when you do, people can or have taken advantage of it yeah. and used your vulnerabilities against you. And I think that's why we do armor up and we do close off. So I'm finishing up my yoga teacher training. We only have yeah. a couple of sessions left and I have to write a whole like hour class. And I'm so excited about it because my theme is like heart opening. And oh, I love so that. not even just like the physical posturing, you know, cause we're always so hunched over looking at our phones and everything. So opening, you know, our chest up, opening our hearts, but it's like when we feel guarded or threatened, like the first thing we do is we close off. We like close our arms, we cross our arms, we hunch our shoulders. We kind of like close this vulnerable place, like physically of our yes. bodies. And then also like emotionally and like mentally, we're just so closed off. Because we have been hurt before, yeah. or you know, we have gone through things that has have made us closed off, and I get that, and there's like a lot of trauma with it, and I think that's something I've been unpacking within myself. But it's like, how can we create a safer space for people to open up? Everybody, yes, yeah. and, um, that's what it talks about too, and inspired. Of, which I'm going to read. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to put everything on this podcast yeah. and nobody really has to read it. But it says we need psychological safety to let our guard down. And especially when those ideas are deeply personal, they can expose our deepest desires, our hopes and our fears, and they can be used against us to judge us. And so whenever we're exposing, because I feel like art is very vulnerable and it's very like our kind of our deepest caverns of like emotions of getting it out there. And so like sharing that with the world can be absolutely terrifying. Yes. But yes, even sharing it with one other person can be terrifying. Um, And that's so interesting. So I'm really excited to see what you write um, for your, your hour. But when you said that, so one of the things that, you know, I've, I've had a lot of therapy in my life, and um, and I do recommend it for everybody. I don't, I'm not in any with one, one right now, but um, I can remember several times 
I would be talking about something and I would have my hand up on my chest and I would get called out every time of what are you, you're protecting yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? And they said, every time you do that, you are, you're talking, but you're putting your hand up here. You're, you are protecting your heart. Mm -hmm. Something has happened. And it was so fascinating to look at what I was discussing and how my body language shifted even though I wasn't in a threatening situation necessarily, but just revisiting it totally. Like even now talking about it, it just feels much safer to put my hand up there. And so um, I think that that's a beautiful, like I can't wait to see what you write with that. And I think that's something I've been working on being more aware of is just like my body language is representing kind of like my inner state and like my subconscious thoughts. Like our body yeah. is our subconscious. Think talking about the body keeps the score. Yes. Um, like our body is sending us signals, like especially when we're threatened or, you know, in a state of uncertainty, our body is telling us that. And so it talks about inspired. Can you go back to it again? It all just feeds <laughs> back into itself. But where um, being able to like slow down and like find that space and like stillness and mindfulness to be able to like listen to your body you know mostly for me through like meditation and through like my yoga practice like the physical aspect of like being still and like listening to what's happening like that can open up so many doors for creativity and like actually seeing what's happening within yourself and like having that time to explore because I I miss a lot in my posturing like I'm a very hunched over person like I have really horrible posture that's something I'm working on and I've noticed it too just like in different environments that I go into that I feel uncomfortable in how I'm presenting myself physically and I mean I know a lot of people know this right you know like your body language speaks volumes but it's something I haven't been super conscientious about until like this last year really exploring it well so that and that's going to lead into what I wanted to ask you is how have you felt like your yoga teacher training um, and your yoga practice, how have you felt like those have affected your creative piece? I mean, I think it's just a lot of mindfulness and awareness has been the biggest part of it, um, which I'd already been practicing and exploring for the last like few years. Yeah. But I think just the really intensity of it and then having you know these teachers who are very aware of it too – and not even just like the physical posturing of yoga. I mean, I think that's had a lot of unlocking moments for me of like my physical postures of realizing how my body is positioned and how, what I'm engaging and not engaging and that more like mind-body connection. And I think the more we can be connected to our bodies, the more we're in tune with like our unconscious thoughts and feelings because our bodies are telling yeah. us and sending us signals. We've just been really good at ignoring them for most of our life and suppressing them. And then they come out in different ways. So I think just being more in tune with myself Mm -hmm. and like recognizing thought patterns of like where my mind is headed in certain situations and trying to bring attention to it. And yeah, I think just awareness, a lot of awareness. I love that. And I still feel like I'm so doled out at the same time. Like I feel like there's still so much to work on and to explore within that. So many mysteries yes. in the moment. <laughs> so Aubrey's quote, trust in the mystery of the moment. So you have a lot of mysteries in moments yeah. to, um, to approach. 
Well, I'm going back to Inspired again. Okay, so <laughs> it talks about this. It's page 106. I even wrote down the page number of this. Okay. But it says going people, to go there. people are so uncomfortable, they'd rather give themselves a shock than sit quietly for 15 minutes. It was an experiment that they did with yes. people. And they're like, oh, you know, you can either shock yourself or you can just, like, sit here for 15 minutes. And, I mean, that was something I struggled with for a long time, too. Like, I remember the first restorative yoga class I did a couple years ago, I was losing my mind. Like, really? having to, which I didn't know what restorative yoga was at the time. I didn't realize we were going to be in, like, four positions for an hour. Um, mm. I was used to a very, like, power flow, very dynamic, like, sweating, a lot of movement. And then kind of like quiet stillness at the end. But me sitting still is like probably the most important thing I've ever done in my life. And also one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Because I have been a very active person. And I think it's because when I do slow down, a lot of shit comes up. Yeah. And a lot of shit that I don't want to think about and don't want to deal with. But it's so important that I do. And like have time and space within myself to process it. And I think just as a society... We just want to be distracted and go and, like, not sit with ourselves and not sit with our thoughts. But I think being able to slow down and take that time helps you be quiet enough to hear your inner voice and to hear what's coming out. And then that is going to go into the art that you create and the different things that you create in your life. And will open up a lot of doors for creativity. And I do love... I love sitting. I, I would happily sit for 15 minutes without being shocked. I just, I love the quiet and, you know, Bernie is a television person and, mm-hmm. and he'll say, well, it's just for background noise. Well, I just don't want noise. I just, so I love just to go sit um, in the backyard mm-hmm. and look out of the woods and just sit. So, and maybe that's just come with age that I... I have worked through so much and and I really value the time to be able to sit and think. And maybe when I was younger I wouldn't have. Number one, I had so much going on and um, I was way over involved in, and maybe there's the lesson, was I was so involved in community activities and felt like I had to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but one day I just said, I... I really want to sit and yeah so there's a lot of value in that so I'm excited that you're not shocking yourself now and you're (laughs) Um, I love that yeah I think that was just a really big like unlock for me especially taking my coffee break of like having that time to sit and think and process has been huge and I guess that would be you know I'm sure maybe a lot of people do enjoy sitting in silence but I, I think it is a struggle for most just societally like Culturally, um, it's not something that we really prioritize. I was going to say, I don't think that people enjoy it so much until something happens that because we feel like we have to be busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, majority yeah, of us. Like our value yes. is attributed to how busy we are and how much we're, like our productivity is our yes. self worth, which is capitalism, which is bullshit. It is bullshit. <laughs> I'm just going to say Okay, well, good. This is our cussing podcast. So here we go. I like. I like that. Um, okay, so I'm gonna flip right through. So go ahead. So tell me. Well, so who was your aha moment? Did you have an aha moment? I mean, literally every episode I had That's an aha moment. Um, I don't know. They were also different with where they went in the conversations. Um, but I felt like I sat with each of them. 
I listened to each of the episodes multiple times personally yeah. uh, because I loved having these conversations. I loved hearing what I people loved. said. Um, I mean, yeah, Haley's was really good with, you know, her oh, barriers to entry of how she shows up in these spaces and how she kind of has to be on point and a little, like, on guard, too, but also how she lets her guard down to bring people in yes. and, like, celebrate people and has created helped co-create, you know, Siege the Southeast, which is, like, an all-women setting and bouldering competition. So I loved, loved, loved that. As a team. Um, Yeah, I don't know. All of them, really. Molly talked about validation. Yeah. Um, The other Molly. And, by the way, I bought some of her pants that she made for me in white. Because that's what I wear. (laughs) And I wore them the other day. They're so comfortable. I was so glad spring is finally getting here and I could wear yeah. Rhythm. They are super comfortable. And um, yeah, so that was kind of a treat to. And then, you know, for Christmas, I actually got as a gift, I received Abigail um, one of her journals. Thank you very much, Molly and Chip. <laughs> um, and so it's been fun to kind of be able to, you know, when we talked about community, it wasn't so much that I was, we were trying to support people's communities, but this was different. And so it was neat to, um, actually, I'm going to be getting a small piece from Aubrey. And, um, yeah, I'm very (laughs) excited to, because those are meaningful. So it's like having your artwork or my mother's artwork, having, having people's art in whatever shape that is around us, feels warm and and feels like a a blanket just covering like oh this is all the love and yeah yeah, so I I have loved I loved that but I was came across Molly and um, being able to support these artists yes well I guess now that I'm thinking about it to sum up I guess all the episodes my aha moment is that most I would say all of the people that we had on it, art isn't just something that they do, it's something that they have to do. Yes. And it's, like, such an intrinsic part of them that it, like, helps with their mental health, with their physical health, their emotional health, of it's something within them that needs to get out into the world. Yes. And it's this coping mechanism of processing the world in, like, a healthy way, of like, using art to express these really complex emotions and experiences that they're having into a form that they can push through themselves yes. out into the world. And so I thought yeah. that was really interesting that everybody kind of uses that creative well, process you and I in the do, same way. For, for sure. sure. And I think even, you know, and I have to laugh, but, you know, I joke about moving furniture in the house. Mm-hmm. But that is, like, one of my emotional things is if I'm going through something, I need to move furniture. I just, I need to. I just, and I don't know if it's the creating the space or... But it's just another another way of creating. Yeah, it's like the art of feng shui. It's yes. like the energy within the house. Yeah. Like it does make a difference. But I've, um, I've loved so many of our people. Like art is their living. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that they have to do it. Like you and I have to do it. That's not how we make our living. But like Katie Beth and Lib switching, totally switching gears and... And being able to create every day on people's skin, and um, I mean, I just each person that has be- that has become their their way of life, mm-hmm. and you know that's not going to be for everybody. 
That is that is really scary. That is that's really putting it out there. Um, favorite phrase I think was Carol when she said when she talked about what she does and she said I'm a teaching artist and that really grabbed me because because that just takes what she does which is art and puts her into this arena of I'm not just creating I'm teaching people and I think that's what's interesting about the series that she's working on right now about notebook paper and mm-hmm. the process of learning. I was really inspired by that because she has to get into the minds of these young creatives to understand what they're going through internally, the, what she called the interior moments yeah. of learning. And I thought that was really interesting. So it's not just her creative process, but how she's bringing other people mm-hmm. along with her through that creative process. And the creative process is going to look different for everybody. Yes. But I think it can still be like honed and developed and refined. Like it's not just something that people, I mean, I think we have the creative spark in us, but I think the talent and the craft comes from like a lot of practice and a lot of dedication yeah. to it yeah yeah oh um, i just loved all something of it. i thought about too i wrote this down oh, good uh is pa mondrian was one of my favorite artists in high school and i don't know if you've, you've seen his work um what he's like famous for now is it's black and white horizontal and vertical lines Okay. And with like blocks and it's only primary colors like in the blocks. Oh wow. Um, so it's very like stripped down, just very abstract. Um, and I remember seeing his art and originally in high school and being like, wow, this is kind of dumb. It's like really like easy. Like anybody could paint that. Like what even is this? You know what you think about that a yeah. lot with art. But then as I started exploring more about him as an artist, I discovered when he originally started his art, he was like an impressionistic painter. And so he did, like, impressionist paintings of, like, nature. And then watching his art evolve through the years, it started, like, impressionistic. And then he started kind of doing impressionistic pieces of, like, trees, but they were, like, abstracted. And so he would take the lines and the line of the tree and take it all the way to the page and then see how those lines, like, intersect with each other. And he would fragment the space out. And then it got so refined and refined where he ended up with only primary colors, only black and white, horizontal and vertical lines, but it was still representing the same concept of the impressionistic paintings, but he just stripped it down so much into this, like, oh, basic wow. forms. I want to look him at And so I thought that was just, like, a really interesting What was evolution. his last name? Mondrian. Okay. Um, P.A. Mondrian. And I just loved that evolution of his work and thinking about the evolution of, like, our work just all of our work like as artists too and like where we're at in life like in time and like what we're going through and how we're interpreting the world and how it can evolve so I thought that and was it really will cool. evolve yeah. yeah oh I love that well of course when you started talking about his blocks and oh, of course I thought about that other guy that I know you like so much mm-hmm. we Mark. <laughs> we'll just say it Mark Rothko Mark Rothko <laughs> just put it out there yeah that's um yeah wow I love that so, so much. And I felt so inspired and encouraged by every conversation. And of course, you knew everybody ahead of time on some level, even if you didn't know them really well. And um, I just went into each 
podcast kind of not knowing what to expect with a lot of them and um, but being so excited to learn about this kind of art or that kind of art and to to hear people's stories you know I'm all about stories and I just I think that's I just think there are so many stories out there to be told and um, and they they evolve so to hear how these each artist has from childhood come and and some somehow how life has presented itself to them through the art or because of the art or the art presented itself as a an answer to a situation I mean it was just it's just so intertwined with life and um well I think everybody has a story and that's the whole point of this podcast right yeah. it's like literally everybody has a story and like their why behind what they do and their yeah. reasoning behind it and I just feel like we can all relate back to it in some way or another even if we haven't had those same life experiences we can feel our own emotions and our own struggles like through what other people have experienced and I Feel like there's so much to learn about ourselves by learning about other people and so I yeah. love hearing everybody's story it's been incredible well and to hear the artists that they loved yeah um which <clears throat> I guess that's what I was thinking about like the P.A. Mondrian piece of just his evolution as an artist you know because seeing like Ethan's art where he went from just carving these um non-representational objects out of wood to like making climbing holds and like that yes. evolution of art and then you know abigail's evolution into like making books and like journals and i just think it's so cool yeah to see that so so quick little note um carol had talked about and i don't know how we are on time carol had talked about edward hopper and i really had not heard of edward hopper before and this week on 52 frames we have a meet the framer every few weeks and um Carol Shafetz was the framer this week and she was talking about her favorite artist is Edward Hopper and um, and her favorite photo that she has submitted to the community was this this one out on a pier and she said because somebody that she respected commented on it and said wow that is like an Edward Hopper and and I thought, just in that moment this morning reading it, I was like, I know who that is now because Carol introduced me to him. Yes. You know, it's, and I think in that is is a lesson that is so important is I don't have to know who all the artists are going into this. And I was a little embarrassed that I didn't, I was like, I just don't have the art background to know who who some of these are, or when, you know, when the question was, so who's your favorite visual artist? I'm like, oh shit, you are, I don't know. I mean, it, it was, that was so hard because maybe my exposure, and I think I talked about this a little with, in Carol's episode, you know, my, my exposure wasn't maybe what somebody else's was as far as going to museums and being exposed to, to great artists. I saw a lot of art, but I didn't really necessarily know who did it or what their style was and and so that was a really beautiful discovery was that it was okay to not know all these names yeah and um 
But by golly, when that one popped up this morning, I was like, and I know who Edward Hopper is now. Well, I think that is one of the stigmas when you think about art. Like, you think about, you know, snooty, really rich collectors and really rich artists. And in my mind, art is for everybody. And I think anybody can create art and anybody can appreciate art. And you don't have to have a really intense educational background in art history or all of those different technical terms of art. Like, I think anybody can appreciate it, and I don't think we need to put it on this pedestal of almost, like, gatekeeping yes. the art. Yes, and I, I hope we've done that yeah. this, this series. Just, like, making it more accessible to everybody, yeah. which is why, you know, I've done, like, the art yard sale, where I was like, here, just have this art, or, like, here, it's, like, at a discounted price. Like, everybody deserves to have art, yeah. and it doesn't have to be this, like, outrageous price tag or, you know, this... I don't know, uppity kind of vibe to yeah. it. I think we can make it more accessible and more welcoming for it's more people. It's kind of like wine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> good wine can come at a lot of different prices. It doesn't yeah. have to be a $1,000 bottle of wine yeah. or a $100 bottle of wine. Yeah. yeah. But then I think, you know, just like with everything, people place those values yes. on things to gatekeep other people out of it. Um but yeah, I love that as far as like your discovery yes. of like yes. learning about that new was art. So yeah, exciting. That's very exciting. So something that it talked about and in inspired, and then it also. Oh, is that a book you've read recently? It is a book I read okay. um, <laughs> about art. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it a hundred times so far. Uh, but it reminded me. So I just also finished Bittersweet by Susan King. Oh, I love. I did the audio book to get through I it, and it was really good. Um, but there are a couple points and it also brought me back to Lighter by Young Pueblo, which I also just finished. So three kind of points in all of these books. So in Inspired, it talks about how creativity is biological. So even just from like our cells and the mutations that happen in our cells, we adapt to new environments, like in a creative manner. So we like diverge from how we were initially programmed and we were able to to survive in new circumstances because of the genetic mutations and adaptations of our cells. So creativity at a biological level in our bodies. Um, Then also in Bittersweet, it talks about how trauma can change our genetic makeup and DNA. And it can also be passed down through generations. But on the flip side of that, healing from our trauma can also be passed down to future generations. And so even if we have generational issues and patterning that we're trying to break, we can actually heal and grow and like go beyond that and get past it and pass that healing down to our future generations. And in Lighter by Young Pueblo, it's talking all about becoming lighter and kind of letting go of like that baggage in the past. So good. And he talks about how now more than ever, we have so many modalities of healing, whether it's through meditation, through therapy, through yoga, through EMDR, or is it EDMR, um, through uh, your brainwave thing that Susan does. Um, There's so many different modalities and accessibility to these resources that can help us like heal and I think art for me has been very therapeutic and very healing of being able to express myself and so I think those are like my three really big takeaways just of what I've been exploring within myself and then through the season of creating more art 
And so I, I just love that. Yeah. Those are so good. I'm really anxious to read Inspired. But I'm going to say what's so funny is as you just said all that, the, the article that I turned in that will be in the paper tomorrow talks about trauma and healing and resilience. And, um, and of course, it was really all written because of, you know, we had a school shooting in Nashville and then we had two different helicopter crashes and, um, and, and just talking about, I mean, so, so maybe that's even where, where people could use art to, and of course, you know, art therapy is a huge piece of, um, of the art world and, and of healing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, I love that. Yeah. I love that those, I'm going to write down all of those because yeah, those just, are so good. It all kind of came full circle like a couple of weeks ago as I like finished these books and was reflecting on the podcast. I was like, it all makes sense. Like this is where we're I headed. And like we have the power to not only like change for ourselves, but to also change for future generations. And I think especially right now, personally, I have felt very hopeless and like adrift with the state of the world and the state of the United States and the direction that we're headed and especially with the you know endless news cycle and social media there's a lot of information that we're getting that can just feel very heavy and a yes. lot of like emotional um, compassion fatigue of just it's just this or very that so. I mean there were multiple protests in Nashville last week and one of them got canceled and I'm like we're literally just protesting everything at this point because there's so much wrong of the state of the world but for some reason, these ideas of we have the power to change and it starts within ourselves, and we can pass it on to future generations, like gave me a lot of like hope. I love that. And that gives me hope. Yeah. Because I was not feeling a lot this morning. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I love, I have loved doing the podcast so much. I've loved that it's been okay for us to cry um, and that our guests have, have wept and... And what a beautiful part of being creative that is. Um. Yeah. And so I think it goes back into, we'll uh, throw this out there for the people listening about what we're going to talk about during season three, which we've already said the words like a few different times. Um, but we decided for our next season, which will happen next year, we'll take a few months take off. Little, yeah, take a little break. Um, but season three will be about creating more space yes I'm really excited about that yeah and I've been reading some things that I feel like yeah I can bring to the table when we get there I know I feel like there's so much to explore with oh. that topic and I think we've already explored a lot of it too and that's what's so cool about some of these topics it's like community and creativity and art they and space yes they're all interconnected and I feel like all the guests that we've had could talk about all of these things and I'm so excited to like continue these conversations and wait. create more space to have these conversations. Yes, and I think everybody needs it. And maybe even in that year ahead, we're really going to need that that space. Mm -hmm. Everybody is going to need it. And so I think it'll be really timely. Um, God, I've just loved it though. I, you know, I'm just I'm just sitting here trying to think. You know, what did I love the most about this season? And, and I did. I love Caleb. Um, you know, he talked about validating and empathizing and listening and um, and I'm anxious to hear his podcast. I think doesn't his should come out pretty mm -hmm. soon. Um, 
Oh, but that was one of the quotes I got. We got from him was, "When needs are met, we will treat each other well." And and so maybe that's maybe that's what I come away with from you know the season is using art to meet needs and so many different types of creativity um, that it doesn't have to be just one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really want to go back out to Katie Beth's and do a, a workshop. And, yeah. Um, I've said um a lot this morning. I don't mean to do that, but well, I'm just so many important. thoughts. Yeah, it's important that we have that outlet, and I think that outlet can look really different. You know, creativity could even be in how you program your workout. You know, your physical right. movement, like that, can be a creative process too. And I think it's so important that we have these outlets to get out this energy within us, because otherwise the energy will consume us and take over us yes. without our control over it. And so and I think that's important. being able to channel it into certain avenues is really helpful. Being able to set those boundaries. Yeah. Being intentional. Mm-hmm. No, that's the All of word. my favorite buzzwords. Yes, that's the word that always comes up. Never, we never want to abstract someone from being their best self. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. I think my favorite part too about all these conversations is so many of the guests we kept coming back to some of the same ideas yes. for every episode without the guests having heard other episodes. Yes, so I thought that nobody was, heard anybody yeah, else's. really interesting. That was, well, that's just part of the whole creative process. Um, and I'm just hurrying to to look. Oh, the imp- oh the impermanence. impermanence. Oh, in my other setting. favorite that, word. Yes, that really struck me. The yeah. impermanence and um, how. Like, even with the things in my house, in the last few years, I've noticed that I've, especially if we've gone and stayed somewhere, uh, that I came back feeling like, gosh, we just have too much stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if I've stayed somewhere that was very minimal and uh, it, it just reminded me that I really wanted to take pictures of my things and then not have so many things mm-hmm. because it can break. You know, things break. And then they're gone. And well, and you're not going to be able to take any of that stuff with you when you nothing, die. Nothing. Nothing. That okay. So the word impermanence. I'm really glad you brought that up. It's something I okay. have really been diving into um, through you know the yoga teacher training and all these books I've been reading. And so I'm trying to write like a meditation about it right now, and especially about the seasons changing and okay. just like the impermanence of oh, life. Yeah. And so how, you know, I've talked about this in my art too, about all the seasons of life and what we need in different seasons, but that nothing does ever stay the same. And I think accepting that and accepting that even you and your identity is always going to be shifting depending on where you're at in like that time and place and getting rid of those attachments that we have to our identity, to our possessions, to our titles, to the roles that we have in life, to the material world can bring so much like inner peace and contentment within ourselves because it's like our attachments create that suffering. Of yes. like, oh, if I don't have this thing, or if I'm not at this place, if I don't weigh this certain amount, if I don't make this money or drive this car, then I'm not worthy enough. And realizing that all of those things will come and go within life and nothing is guaranteed. Even the people in your life aren't guaranteed. So it's like, how do you find that contentment within yourself 
to know that things are always going to be changing and nothing's ever and like to let go yes. of that control and realizing you don't have any control over it but you do have control over your emotions and your reactions and how you're experiencing the world within yourself and so well and if you're and if you're allowing yourself to experience the world or if you're so caught up in the rest mm-hmm. yeah Oh, I love that. Yeah, because I think that's what I've noticed with, like, somewhat within myself, but, like, a lot of, like, within other people of just trying to control so much of every aspect, mainly, like, a lot of, like, physical aspects of life and just how much, like, suffering that brings because, like, you can't control any of it. Right. And I think what I'm working through is, like, how do I let those pieces go within myself? And so then you can appreciate things a lot more, and you're not, like, as afraid that you're going to lose things because you realize, like, things are going to come and go, and there's going to be seasons where the flowers are blooming, and there's going to be seasons of, like, death and decay, and, like, that's just kind of a part of life. And I know I'm going to bring you the book by Alan Watts, but I think that is a lot of, like, what it talks about, too, of just being grounded within yourself through the different seasons because they're going to happen no matter what and the more you like have a tighter grasp and try to hold on like the more it's going to hurt when it's gone absolutely i'm trying to find a quote really fast yes (laughs) that i just that i took a picture of the other day because it was about this and it really has made me think and i'm saying all these words but i mean this is literally just what i'm working through personally like i don't have any of this like mastered or dialed in it's just things I'm thinking about. Okay, this was John O'Donohue. Okay. One of the lovely things about being a human is that we are called in each moment to bring ourselves to birth. Part of the difficulty of our times is that we have reduced the magnificent adventure of being a human being to endless wearisome projects of self-improvement and self-analysis according to the flattest and most boring maps that could be made. And I have... I like sat with this so much and so the impermanence is like are we going to are we going to miss out on these beautiful moments because we're so caught up in trying to hang on to everything that is totally out of our control whether it is something that's going to break or whether it is um, not eating exactly the right thing or not having exactly the right build of muscles or um, or the right house or the right paint color or you know are we going to be so caught up in those things we can't control really mm-hmm. that are impermanent that we're going to miss out on this beautiful journey yeah. of being with the people we love of um, of just experiencing life and that made me think about the art that yeah. we're going to miss out on the beauty of art because we're so busy sometimes how to create it the right way or well, what other people are going to think about yes yeah. yeah well I think it comes back to that like initial conversation of does that self-acceptance kind of come from within or without and I guess the answer is kind of that I'm landing on right now is within um because we can get so caught up in like, oh, when I get to this point in life or yes. when I go on this vacation or when I get that promotion or when I move to this place, then I'll be happy. Yeah. And all the while we're missing out on those like little moments of life that could be bringing us moments of joy and happiness, but we're so fixated on some like abstract time that may or may not ever come Absolutely. Up. And I feel like 
yeah, it's so easy to get caught up in that mindset, but it can be so destructive and yeah, toxic, like in a way of not actually enjoying what's right in front of you and like being like mindful and trusting in the mystery of the moment. So how are we going to live differently after all we've heard and experienced in this season? Yeah. Well, personally, I think I've been working through just being more like accepting of what the day is and like where it's at and you know even if it's like a rainy day which I do like rainy days it talks about that in bittersweet too kind of like that melancholy yes. feeling um and like it bittersweet really resounded with me because I love really sad songs I think they're so beautiful and so she talks about the psychology of that but I think just finding beauty and just I don't know like I feel like there are all these little magic moments okay a couple things that just happened recently that I'm yes. gonna talk about I went to Aldi the other day because I was trying to get some snacks for the baby shower we had and I was like oh I need to run back in and get a quarter because I need a quarter for the cart you know got my bags I gotta you know Aldi's like yeah. a, you gotta plan for Aldi yes. like, um and so I was gonna run back in and grab a quarter and I looked down and there's a quarter like under my carport just like waiting there and I was like oh wow. my gosh I was like how magical like it was just appeared <laughs> And then just yesterday, I was looking for the shawl in my closet, and I was like, man, I could have sworn I hung it up right here. I don't know where it went. Let me go look in this other part of the house. And I hit this hanger on my way out of the closet, and it fell to the ground. And so I went back down to pick up the hanger, and as I picked up the hanger, my shawl was on the ground. And it was like this weird moment of, like, if I hadn't, because that first I was like oh I knocked out this hanger man I gotta pick it up but then I picked up the hanger and I saw my shawl on the ground which I wouldn't have seen otherwise oh, I love and that. it was just like these weird little moments yeah. yeah and I think the more like present and in tune that we can be in those moments the more we see like the magic like happening around us I love that. but whenever we're so fixated on this abstract place it's easy to miss these like beautiful little moments that we wouldn't see and I mean I don't have it perfected by any means I mean I find myself daydreaming and wondering and thinking about the past and present and future and all of those things but I think there can be a lot of intentionality and like mindfulness of focusing on those things absolutely oh I love that aren't those the best I love it so you got all your snacks at Aldi mm-hmm. I got a lot of them yeah that's good yeah. That's what I like Aldi yeah <laughs> I have loved this. I'm looking forward to, um, you know, Parker is coming home. And again, kind of what you just said, I don't want to get so caught up in what I think is going to happen or should happen or might happen to miss out on the moments of having my entire family right here. Mm -hmm. Like for the first time in nine years, I'll have my whole family within walking distance, pretty much, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I can walk to your house. It's a longer walk, yeah, but I can, <laughs> I can do it. And um, I, I really want these next months to be a time that I don't miss those moments, yeah. and um, and just completely be open to whatever they are and whatever that means you know, I don't know what that's going to look like but I you know even with my writing I've tried so hard to let go of a schedule on it um, I know when my deadline is and so if I don't have something turned in 
by Wednesday night, then I'm a little stressed on Thursdays, but, um, but even that I've tried to let go and, and allow life to happen and not, not be so rigid. And so maybe that's my lesson that I've come away with is letting go of some of the rigidity and the expectations and, and catching the creativity that's out there waiting and, um, and still writing down if I have a thought because you know those thoughts will just leave me and go to somebody else. Somebody else will find them. Yes. I think on that note, I think that's what I've been trying to rephrase in my mind, especially through moments of discomfort and really challenging experiences. So, you know, right now we're going through, um, reactivity issues with a dog that we adopted and that's been really challenging of like walking him and you know fearing for like what could happen if we run into another dog and how like those interactions look and I've had to really reframe my mindset specifically with that recently but with a lot of other things of like what am I learning right now like what is this like lesson that this is like teaching me in this moment that I'm going to be able to use in the future as well. And so like, instead of viewing things of like, man, why is this happening to me? This is so horrible. Like, I hate going through this. It's like, what am I learning right now? Like, what is like the universe in a way teaching me that's going to help me grow and like challenge me in a way that's going to benefit me in the future. And so I think rephrasing my mindset that way has helped me work through the discomfort I mean, it's still uncomfortable and it's still really challenging. And I mean, you know, cried a lot like over it, but knowing that like it is a process and like it's not always going to be like you're at this finished state and like understanding yeah. how to get comfortable in that discomfort. Because really the discomfort is going to be here way more often yep. than the comfort. And I think that was, I mean, I just, I'm loving this because there's so much back and forth, but. That was something I said, I think Bernie and I were talking recently, and and I said, you know, I think what I finally come to in almost 59 years is, I think, is that how old I'm going to be this year? Yeah. I had like, I have to really think about that now, um, is that we've, I've gone through life, um, just like bemoaning the, the bad times, like, this has been so hard or um you know there's been a lot of hard although I have to say I've always pushed through I've never whined about it it's just that noticing of man you know what's what's gonna fall next or what and what hit me was actually that's life the the times when things are smooth isn't really the time to go, well, I wonder what's going to happen next. It's the time to go, wow, this is a really pleasant moment. I want to enjoy this. But I don't dread the other moments because really life is those moments. And and I don't know at what point I really learned that. But I, I look back at, you know, I had, I had like, many years that every year there was just some really hard something either with my kids or my health or something and um, and that really is the normal and so if we can again go to reframing our mindset 
to stop expecting everything to always be easy, but to embrace the the lessons that are coming along the way because it's just a part of our journey. Mm-hmm. And and then it's not so disappointing. When when things are hard, you don't have that heaviness. It's just like, well, it's just... It's a it's season. Just, yes, yes. It's just a season, and that season will pass, and it doesn't always last forever. And it's hard because when you're in the thick of it, it feels like it's going to last forever. Yes. And But, like, understanding that our emotions... I mean, really what we're feeling inside of our bodies are just, you know, chemical reactions in our brain. Yes. And those reactions are going to change, like, over time, depending on, like, what we eat and how much we sleep and if we get sunlight. And, like, you know, we're so, like, we are biological creatures and, like, it's very fleeting and it doesn't stay that way forever. Even our emotions are impermanent. And just the impermanence of all of it and I think just getting more comfortable, for me personally, being able to sit with those uncomfortable feelings, um... Because I feel like I've been very guilty of that, like, toxic positivity of, like, everything's all good, just, like, keep going, you know. And I don't want the whole reframing your mindset to view things as a lesson to be, like, toxically positive. Um, But it's just something that I've been working through of how do I sit with those negative emotions. And I don't even think I should describe them as negative. They're just emotions. Yes. And just the spectrum of emotions. And being able to create space to have those emotions yes. and to feel them instead of suppressing them, which is kind of what I've been taught to do and what I did for a really long time. Yes. And now I'm like unpacking it. I'm like, okay, like they're not as scary as I thought that they were going to be. And just like Abigail said in her episode, she's like to get past those emotions. Like it's not a cave, it's a tunnel. Right. And you have to go through have to. them. You have to go through that tunnel and it doesn't mean you're going to get stuck there forever. Right. But you have to, feel them to move past it but it does feel like you're going to be stuck there when they come it's Mm -hmm. just like oh my gosh this is so heavy yeah and I wish it would hurry up and move on but it's it's that knowing that it it is going to move it's going to shift yeah and I think that's given me some like peace of mind when I'm in it though it's hard because uh-huh. Oh man, you just feel so stuck, and you're like, "There's the sun will never shine again. It's gonna be winter forever." Yeah. And then one day, spring comes, and the sun is out, and flowers are blooming. And I feel that way in my mind too. You know, we have those dark moments of winter where it's cold and dreary and dark, and then summer happens again. You're like, "Oh, we made it!" And, and I'm that's, so excited. Yes. The warm weather is here. <laughs> and I will say, and I know we need to wrap it up is that was one of my favorite things that you said this season was when you were talking during Carol's um, thing just a few weeks ago about the irises in your yard and how when you all first moved there, you were just like, what? What is this thing, these green things? And, and then they bloomed the next year and you saw this short, impermanent moment of beauty and wow so you have to wait a whole year again to see them again and it is fleeting but while they're there like you don't want to miss that they really are magical and Mm -hmm. beautiful and I feel that way about like when the indigo buntings come I probably take a thousand pictures and I could just go back in my files to pull the ones out from the year before but I'm so 
excited that they're here and I just want to, to I just want to freeze those moments because they're going to be gone. And um, that's how I feel about taking pictures of all the blossoms this time of year, like yes. all the Japanese cherry blossoms, the Bradford pears. I'm like, I could go back, you know, I have a thousand pictures of them. And I'm like, I don't have any this year. Yes. Like, I need yes. them right I now. Know. <laughs> I love it. I hope our audience loves this and I hope that they can come away um, embracing the impermanence and embracing the beauty when it comes. And then next season, I really can't wait to sit in the space of all the emotions and, and what space looks like. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's so much. I know. A lot of good conversations. Yes. And I love you. And I love that we get to do this together. Yeah. I wish this for so many people. Same. It's been great. It has. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. So much. I'll go validate myself for a little bit. So a part of me wanted to do the next season about creating more resistance. I think whenever Abigail talked about that in her episode of creating resistance to this culture that we live in, of always having to be productive and busy and consuming so much, I just love that idea of resistance. Also, Yesterday, Susan and I were at the state capitol in Tennessee protesting against the expulsion of three of our Democratic lawmakers that got unjustly and unfairly expelled. And yeah, so there's been a lot going on in our lives. I feel like we're both a little hoarse and exhausted from that experience. But it just makes me think about creating more resistance to the things that we don't want in life and fighting for the things that we do. The whole purpose of this podcast is creating more of what we do want to see in the world. And for me, that means creating more space to have these conversations, creating more resistance against the things that I don't agree with. And I hope that I can leave you guys with a little bit of inspiration to take with you, to hold with you when the world feels really heavy. I know I touched on it a little bit at the end of this episode about how just emotionally exhausting it can feel every day to open up your phone and see all this information about how horrible the world is and all of these rights that are being stripped away, especially in our state of Tennessee that I love so much and want to fight to protect. But I will say, yesterday, uh, Thursday, April 6th, when we were at the Capitol for most of the morning, I went into that morning almost feeling like ready to go to battle in a way. Um, I've been to a few protests before, but I feel like there's so much to protest right now, especially in our state. And I didn't know what was going to happen during the day. Like I knew it was going to be a peaceful protest, but you just never know how things will escalate. And we were just in this massive crowd of people of all races, of all ages, of all walks of life. There were children, there were mothers, fathers, there were grandparents, there were religious people and non-religious people, uh, there were white people, there were black people. It was just our entire community banding together. There were students, there were teachers, And I know there's a lot of issues that we need to 
address in Tennessee, but I do feel like that issue of gun control that is literally leading to the death of children every single day in our country is one that we can all collectively get behind. And I think my biggest takeaway from yesterday and especially watching Justin Jones and Justin Pearson give their speeches to the state is how many people want to fight for the world that they want to live in. And even though we have a really big uphill battle to work against, I think there are so many people that are united and do want the same liberties and freedom and just the same just world for our children to grow up in and to enjoy. And I think that's why I do feel this call to action to speak up and to be present and to be knowledgeable about what's happening and to continue these conversations in my life because I want to do everything I can to create a world that I want my children to grow up in and be happy and to be safe. So even though it can feel really heavy and heartbreaking at times, I hope that I can leave you with this sense of hope that there's so many people fighting the good fight and banding together and uniting. And I think that's the most important thing that we can do is recognizing that we have so much more that unites us than divides us. And if we can just get out of our own ways and stop pointing fingers at each other and realizing what the real issues are, that we can come together and create the world that we want to live in. So thank you guys so much for listening this season. Thank you to all the guests that we had on. Thank you so much, Susan, for all of your insights and wisdom and humor that you brought into this season. And we will talk to you guys next season. In the meantime, create some more time to get involved, to become knowledgeable, and to take care of yourselves. We're all in this together. None of us win unless we all win.